Hello, this week I want to talk about abusive relationships and how everybody in the abuser's life is in the exact same relationship. It might not feel it and it might be that you're standing watching on thinking that somebody else has stepped into your shoes and is living your fake future. Welcome to the Mindfuckery podcast, which is featured in Feedspot's top 10 of emotional abuse podcasts. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and in here, we explore areas others fear to tread. I'm the founder of The Divorce Sanctuary and creator of Wound Talking and The Original Wound. I'm also author of Finding Lily, the A to Z of emotional abuse and divorce matters. I've been a woundologist for over 20 years, working with past life wounds, clearing ancestral trauma, and working with this life wounding. And it's through my own personal journey I know how much this hurts and how confusing life becomes. So many questions, no real answers. And I'm on a mission to help and educate as many people as I can on the effects of trauma on our lives and our children's lives. And helping them heal the wounds of our mothers and our fathers. It stops here, it stops now, and it stops with us. So welcome along for the journey of a lifetime. And you are so very welcome. I have nearly got my voice back. I've nearly got rid of the tail end of flu. And my mind is now working slightly better than it was. I said or realised during last week's podcast, oh my gosh, I know exactly what I wanted to talk about. So I'm going to do that one today. And that is that every person who is in the abuser's life is in an abusive relationship of varying different degrees. And you might be standing on the corner looking in and you're crushed you might be on the floor you might be a bit further along in your healing process you might not have even started or realized that you need to heal from this you're just stuck you know something isn't right but you don't know what it is although everything that I found when I first started doing the research was that the abuser stalks and the abuser watches and you come out of this relationship I actually try to be really honest about this and see the hurt, remember the hurt and think, well, actually, I was the one. I was actually stalking. I was trying to find out what's going on because it made no sense. Nothing made sense. Although it was a relief and I've talked about that so many different times. The last year of the relationship was horrific and there were so many times when I wanted to walk away and I wanted to find a solution to what was going on. But I was also trapped in a fear of FOMO, fear of missing out. I didn't realise that the bonding that had taken place. There were so many different elements to it. So I stood there and I was like, one, initially it was such a relief. And then I remember being on Facebook and there was a photo that was taken on my phone. It was posted and all of a sudden I didn't have access to it and I thought it was rather weird and then I realised that I'd been blocked and that I there were all these different things going on and so it's like well what's going why 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 is this happening what's going on you know this getting no closure means that you do have more questions coming out of the relationship than you did in the relationship it's like what happened what did I do wrong why am I not good enough and um, what does this other person have he or she have 
that I don't? Why have they moved on? Why was that? What, you know, there were so many different questions. And these all stem from wounds and they are more than likely childhood wounds, wouldn't you know it? I was going to say that. How did you guess? There's so much confusion. And then, as I said, you look on social media, you might be trying to find out what's going on. You might be trying to find some answers to what's happened. Is there somebody else? Was there somebody else? What? Why did this all happen? Why did it all go wrong? Right, you're a complete mess on the bathroom floor, bedroom floor, and they look like they've got it all together and they're living their best life, which is even more confusing. I describe it like being like a teenager, if you can think back, or you might have children that are that sort of age, or nephews or nieces. You know, you try and talk to a teenager and one day you get a response, another day you get a grunt, you never quite know who you're speaking to. And in a way, this is what happens inside the body. This chemical reaction is very, very similar. And if they are in a relationship, it might be that you're looking at it and wondering one what you did wrong and why you're not good enough but comparing yourself and wondering what the difference is and although they might look different they won't be I promise you and every single person they have in their life will be in a very similar toxic relationship and when they move on what's actually happening is they've learned new tricks they might have to do things slightly differently. The new supply isn't going to perhaps put up with initially what you put up with at the end of the relationship. And they also need to make sure, so they might keep everything very secretive, that they need to make sure that person is secured in the relationship. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about some of the things you can do to help you towards the end of this podcast. So everyone from children right the way through to friendships and people that they work with will have a similar experience. It just feels slightly or looks slightly different. It might be that they project out a slightly more polished persona than they did to you. But essentially, every single person in their life is experiencing some form of bonding. They play a similar role and it's tweaked. So if you think about them on a stage, it's tweaked for the audience. Remember, this is all an act during that idealization stage and everybody experiences this Apart from probably children, they put on this mask because they've understood, they find out what somebody's looking for in a relationship. They also are questioning and understanding during that time the dynamics and relationships. And I think in a way they are quite intuitive and they pick up on what works and gets them attention. And by the wording and the way they behave. So they know that if they adjust their behavior, they get attention. It might be about their childhood. I really don't know anyone who's been in a relationship with an emotional abuser who hasn't had the sob story of the awful childhood. It might be that they tune into the wounds that you might experience with a parent. You know, maybe you were fighting for attention from a parent. Maybe you didn't get your needs met emotionally or in other ways. As I said, every single person will have experienced that probably bar children but even so they can still love bomb them and they can still keep they will keep them in that cycle of abuse but I was just thinking from the initial love bombing from a tiny baby but they can play that role of loving parent and again these are roles they are acting so these people will have been love bombed they will have heard all the promises they will have experienced the attention there will be an exchange because 
Every single relationship to them is a contract. It's contractual. I give you this and you give me what I'm looking for. It might be that there's a connection thing there where the abuser being connected to a person gives them a higher status. It might be that they're introduced into a different group of people. Whatever it is, it's always going to be some form of supply. Supply is attention. It's like an elixir for them. If anyone remembers Popeye, it's like the spinach. It's like the energy that they get. I talk about electric cars. I used to work in an area that we used to look after electric cars if they broke down at the roadside. And a lot of people didn't realise, you know, their battery maintenance and things like that. And they get plugged in and charged up. And to me, that's exactly like the emotional abuser. There's not a lot to them there you know the car is just one big huge battery with a couple of seats in it there's no engine not a huge amount of moving parts it's got more electrical parts to it than than anything else and it needs a lot of attention the interaction i had with electric vehicles put me off them they need a lot of attention they need a lot of care they need a lot of looking after and the maintenance isn't like the oil and the water and and stuff like that it's a different type of maintenance they throw up so many different codes again the emotional abuser does that it throws up things that you might not be expecting to you know to be experiencing and you have learnt over a period of time once you went through that love bombing stage then you went into that devaluation stage once they they're just trying to check how invested you are in that relationship they're trying to check you know what you'll do for that relationship they're trying to check actually where you are in that cycle because if you're not bonded to them in any way you can walk away at that point. You could walk away and say, nah, that I'm not putting up with that. I'm not liking this, what's going on. Now, think about it from another point of view. Other people looking in and seeing your relationship, they're seeing it from a different perspective. They're seeing the pictures that went out. If you're on social media, they're seeing the holidays or what you're experiencing and the attention when you're out with people, how attentive they are and looking after you they don't see the bit behind closed doors so to them and this might be the new supply they've thought oh actually I'd really like to be in a relationship with them so when the focus is on them they're thinking I want to be treated like she was treated or I want to be treated like he was treated they were attentive they were always doing nice things or they were always experiencing nice things going to different places on the outside people are sitting in the audience watching this couple on stage it's not real they don't see what's going on behind the scenes the abuser is the lead actor in a play and you were the supporting actress or supporting actor and now somebody else has taken on that supporting role and so what the audience don't see is what happens behind the scenes they don't see when you exit stage left or stage right what actually happens so at the end of the evening when you're making your way home from this glamorous or whatever it is it might not even be that might just be the cinema people aren't seeing 
what's going on in the car. They're not seeing the arguments or they're not feeling the atmosphere change because they didn't get the right amount of attention or somebody made a, a comment about them. They don't see you then walking on eggshells, picking up the pieces, smoothing their ego. Nobody sees that side of it. Nobody witnesses, nobody experiences that unless they live in that family unit. So the only difference in the relationship, particularly a new relationship, is that you were living in hell and nobody saw that. Nobody saw you running round. Nobody felt the atmosphere change. You did. You were highly tuned in to respond, to pick up the pieces, to make sure their insecurities weren't triggered walking on eggshells. You stepped in when you felt something change or when you heard somebody say something and you thought, oh my God, they're going to get upset. And you rush in and change the subject or distract them in some way or fawn all over them. And these other people, whether they're people that they work with, whether they're friends, family members, they aren't living in this 24-7. They puff up the abuser's ego and then they walk away. They dutifully supply them with attention and then they're gone. They play their role and they are bonded in some way. They know if they behave in a certain way on a subconscious level that they will not have the abuser in their life. And there will be, as I said, an exchange. It's like being in, in a contract with them. I will supply the abuser with attention and in a, another way, they're going to supply me with something. It's an exchange. Children can be in that situation as well. They will either live in a fawn or freeze response. They will know. And this is how to me, the empath is born. Living in that environment, they learn to read the atmosphere, to feel it, to understand it. They know there's a change. It might be like if you've seen those films where something happens and it all freezes over to indicate that, you know, there's a cold or evil spirit or something going on. They will know that. That's how the empath is born. So children are very likely living in a freeze response or they will fawn. They will do the same thing. It's that walking on eggshells. So go in, play a role to calm down a situation. And it's a protection. Dr. Gabor Mate, I've, I have spoken about this before. I watched something, I think it was last year, and he was talking to the audience and he said, you know, if you were sitting here now, and I've heard him do it in um, interviews as well. And he said, if you were sitting here now, and somebody was being quite rude or loud in this auditorium. What could you do? You're an adult. And they were feeding back. I am ad-libbing. This isn't word for word. But I think the responses were things like, you know, you could ask somebody to be quiet. And then he said, if that doesn't happen, what could you do? And they were in agreement that they could get up and move seats. And and he said, and, and still, if it still went on and you were still feeling threatened, maybe they've moved seats at the same time. And they said, you know, they're in agreement. They could get up and walk out of the of the talk and he says children can't do that they can't walk out of a house children don't have that ability they aren't in a position particularly a young you know very young children to do anything about it so they learn and adapt to protect themselves so everybody every single person in their life will be managing the uh, relationship that they've got with the emotional abuser so you standing looking and thinking god they you know, what did I do wrong? What happened? Why am I not good enough? 
And what does this other person, this new supply have that I don't have? Nothing. They have nothing apart from fresh energy. They might have money. You might have run out of money. They might have, as I said, energy and supply. They can give attention. They might have new contacts, better contacts. They might be able to introduce the abuser into different a different world. What is wrong with you is that you've run out of everything, that you couldn't sustain what was required and requested of you. But you went into that relationship not knowing what the exchange was. You did not know what was required of you. You did not know what was expected of you. And you certainly didn't know that they had created a persona in their mind for you to live up to. Then they didn't tell you that you needed to live up to this because they can't tell you that because you'll probably think that's a bit weird and walk away. And then like a broken appliance, when something is faulty, rather than working as a healthy couple might work together, say this isn't working for me, no it's not working for me, what can we do and come together, let's talk this through, let's work this through. An emotional abuser just sees it as a faulty item, they get rid of it, they push it out the way and they bring in a new one, they go and buy a new one. Everything is a contract, absolutely everything. The new supply will have to live up to a set of expectations. They haven't been told this. Take a moment, look back at the beginning of your relationship that you had with the emotional abuser. Can you remember how it started? Can you remember the attention that they gave you? And can you remember when it all changed? Can you remember the public persona that you had versus the person that you were when you got home? Can you remember the persona that they had in public versus the one that they had when they got back? So the person that you are watching, that's new supply, that you're watching, believing that they've stepped into your shoes, will be experiencing, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but they will experience and the expectations that they have to live up to will be similar. They're different people so they might be different expectations but remember your fake future that you created with them never came true and they're doing exactly the same. Empty promises. Now they might have a lot more money and they might have a lot more contacts or introduce them into a different world. It might take longer for that one to be over but it will happen and behind this I will put the link to um, my workbook actually grieving the past the present and the future because this is part of the healing not only are you driven by wounds and they might be childhood wounds even though you knew you weren't happy you'd been promised a life and I've spoken about the proverbial slot machine before where you stand there and you're feeding in your resources, your financial resources, you're feeding in your energy. Everything is being fed into this slot machine and it makes it so difficult to walk away because you're promised this future and it is fake. You have to grieve the past, the person you thought they were, the masked person, the person they pretended to be and you have to grieve the present. You did not think you were going to be here. You did not think that you would be in this place. You put up with a lot of abuse. You were doing it because every time that you thought, right, I can't do this anymore. They took you around to the love bombing stage. They showed you the fake future. We've got together. We're so good together. We're soulmates. And this is what our life is going to look like. 
and you think, okay, I can, I can sustain this a bit longer. I'm working towards that future. And then all of a sudden it's gone. So you're grieving the future as well that you're never going to have. And you can't try and live it. I've tried this one as well because it's tainted and it's not real and it was a lie. And it might, and I know a couple of other people that have tried it and tried to live out and pretend everything was okay and pick up the pieces. But this is about standing back and going, actually, it wasn't my future. How much of that future was yours? How much of your hopes and dreams did they take and sprinkle in there so that you thought that was what you wanted? Because it's all them. So when you're ready, and don't do this until you are ready, start thinking about what you want and how you want to live your life. Take moments for yourself. It's really hard, really, really hard. These wounds are running everything. What's wrong with me? Why wasn't I good enough? I've been left, but you weren't in that relationship. But they put unrealistic expectations upon you and they didn't tell you that. They're expecting you to behave in a certain way and your wounding is playing out. It's more than likely that you've experienced something very similar growing up at a young age. You can heal and part of that healing is staying in your body. Staying in your body and out of your head. No contact. And no contact means also not following them around on social media, not seeing what they're up to. And that is painful. Please remember every single person that is in their life is bonded to them in some way. Look back and look at at that relationship. It might be that you saw certain patterns and you thought this is never going to happen to me until it does. That was my reality. I saw how that played out. I saw how relationships ended how a person was given a gift as if to say right that's it our our contract is over here's here's this gift or here's money or here's something I give you this nobody's told that that's the end that's the end of the contract you would have seen it in the other relationships and I can't say to you because I know how hard it is close your laptop turn off your computer go and start living your life because I know how hard that is. This isn't about just turning it off and turning them off and, and forgetting about them. It is. It runs so much deeper, so much deeper. It goes into your soul, but you can take steps. And that's the grounding, that's breathing, and that's having really honest conversations. And those honest conversations are key to your healing. And if you are interested about honest conversations, reach out to me and uh, we'll have a conversation about that. And I am looking at putting um, some dates out for running a course on on how to do that because it's so powerful, so very powerful. When you're in your body, it's much easier. It's easier to sever that connection and to heal the bonding. It's about turning off those conversations, changing your thought processes. It can be done, I promise you. I hope this has been helpful this week. Next week, I want to talk about oxymorons. It's something I woke up with this morning. As always, I'm sending you loads and loads of love until next time.